This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is your exclusive home for Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. I'm here because I believe in this team and I'm excited about the new adventure here in New York. WEPN-FM, New York. Stroud fan for the Houston Texans. They've got some decisions to make. Stroud, yes, rookie. First career NFL appearance. He goes two of four for 13 yards passing in two series. He was sacked once for 15 yards, also threw a brutal pick. Davis Mills, Case Keenum, two very capable backups and quality middle-of-the-road quarterbacks for the Texans. They each had touchdown passes. Houston beats New England 20-9. Best play of the night for the Patriots, Malik Cunningham, the rookie out of Louisville. He had a touchdown run of nine yards up the middle and where he... Let one Texan player lose his jock strap and his spikes at about the five-yard line. Didn't go well for him. 40-9, Seahawks and Vikings are about to kick off. Minnesota will open a three-and-a-half-point dog. Total in this game sitting at 36, game one to go under the total. Baseball tonight. Phillies pick up a 6-2 win over the Washington Nationals. Philadelphia continues their climb atop the National League wildcard standings. Boston a 2-0 win over Kansas City. Baltimore this afternoon beats Houston 5-4. You couple that with the Cardinals in a 5-2 victory at the Trop over the Rays. The Orioles now back to a three-game lead in the American League East. Tonight, the return of Clayton Kershaw for the mound for the Los Angeles Dodgers as they open up a 10-game homestand. The Dodgers begin the night with a six-game lead at the top standings in the National League West. Hey, it's Amber Wilson coming up on Friday. We continue our NFL two-a-days with the 49ers. If Trey Lance isn't the future at quarterback for the Niners, should they consider trading him away? That and more, 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and on ESPNU. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, let's cook. And we're going to do this until midnight. Two hours to play with. Ty Butler coming your way, 98.7 ESPN. You can hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. We're on IG as well, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R, 800-919-3776. Hop on the lines. Let's have a conversation so the audience can hear it. Shout out to Joe. Leo, who's celebrating a birthday today. Harvey, also behind the glass. Let's do it. NFL.com has its power rankings. We'll talk about that. Connor Hughes said something on the K-Show about the Giants that I vehemently disagree with as far as what to expect from them and what would be deemed a success. We'll get into that as well. NBA just released its Christmas Day schedule. Knicks in action again. How about that? Bucks at Knicks to lead off the five-pack on Christmas Day. Sixers, Heat, Celtics, Lakers, Mavs, Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. So we'll talk some Knicks, Knicks later in the program. Came across a tweet that caught my eye. So we'll, we'll get into that. But I'm in the studio right now, and on my television screen, it's Game 6 of the 2009 World Series, Yankees-Phillies. And if I didn't know any better, I would think this was a little okey-doke they're trying to throw our way. You know, do you remember the times? Not too, not too far in the, in the past, not too long ago, 
this general manager was able to put together a team that could win a championship. So fret not, Yankees fans. He hasn't lost his touch. We'll be able to regroup and revamp and get this thing back in the right direction. So let's show you highlights of the good old days. Man, we ain't falling for that. That actually got the result that you weren't hoping for. The unintended consequence was a reminder that has been damn near a decade and a half since this team appeared in a World Series. 2009 is a long time ago. Half of baseball has, has gone to at least one World Series since the Yankees last were there. And a third of the sport has won at least one championship. So this is a painful reminder. Not a good idea to show highlights of, of the Yankees winning their last championship 14 years ago. But that's where we are. And we start with the Yankees because I want to know from the audience, do you actually feel like this team is still in playoff contention? Because I I know there are people out there who I've spoken to over the last week or so, and that was prior to them losing this series to the woeful White Sox. That was prior to the split with Houston. But you just go back a week ago, and there was still a case to be made from some people that the Yankees could still make the playoffs, just get hot, maybe Toronto goes cold. Uh, Cut it out. Cut it out. They have the New York Yankees, the, the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, the team that is the most successful in all of professional sports, the one team we could depend on. When things weren't going right for the Jets and the Giants, when we were looking at the Knicks and the Nets and the Rangers and the Islanders and all the teams that occupy this real estate, when we were pessimistic about their chances of bringing home the championship, bringing home the title, we could always look at the Yankees. That's the one organization that does things correctly. That's the one organization that has figured it out, that's hacked the code. And every single year we can depend on them to be in contention, to be playing games late in October, meaningful. They'll win a World Series, so we've been told. But today, August 10th, the New York Yankees, who have the second highest payroll in baseball, who came into the season with one of the best odds to win the championship, those New York Yankees have less than a 10% chance to make the playoffs. That same team that, you know, Brian Cashman wanted everyone to believe after they got swept by the Astros. They were just a few healthy players away from actually beating Houston. But here's the thing, man. Before the season, and this is why I'm not all that shocked or surprised. Granted, I didn't think they'd miss the playoffs. But before the season, Yankee fans were calling this station, sounding the alarm that this team wasn't good enough. And they were called spoiled. They were called brats. It was premature. No, we watched this team last year. We've watched them over the past five years fall short in in October. And everything that plagued them in years past was a question mark coming into this season. And now going forward, my question to Hal is, 
if you're turning over your organization to Cashman, which it sounds like he is, because the report from Bob Clappish, uh, NJ.com, is that if the Yankees suffer the worst-case scenario of not just missing the playoffs but remaining in last place in this division, changes will come. And it won't be to Brian Cashman. It, it looks like the significant move will be getting rid of Aaron Boone, which means Cashman's got a job for life. I mean, it is what it is. It, it, it's something that we painfully have to accept. This owner has turned over this organization to Brian Cashman. And if you're doing that, then I, honestly, there's an argument to be made that the Mets have the better owner. If you're watching what has unfolded the last five years, and I get they've been to championship series, but why I can't use that as the barometer is because the team still operates under this championship robust mantra. So if you're the owner, if you're Hal Steinbrenner, and you've watched this team consistently fall short for the same reason, you've employed a general manager who since 2015 hasn't been able to beat the Astros in the playoffs. We've gone back eight years now. They've lost four times in the playoffs to the same team. And don't give me the cheating because they before they started cheating, they were beating the Yankees, and after they were done cheating, they're still beating the Yankees. And they were actually worse when they, when they stopped cheating. So maybe they should have kept cheating and the Yankees would have been more competitive. But if you've empowered him to this extent, You've watched him now go 14 years without being able to legitimately put together a team that could win a championship. And you're turning over all of this power to him? Then that's embarrassing to me. At least Steve Cohen decided, you know what? This isn't working clearly. So instead of being stubborn, I'm going to nip this in the bud. We're going to do a little quick reset, reload. We'll go into the offseason, bring in a baseball, uh, a, a, a ginormous baseball mind who can run operations, and he'll decide what happens with Epler and Showalter, and that will be the change that's needed, the change that's necessary, because they got smacked in the face with reality. You can't just spend all this money and expect that the team's going to go out there and win. You actually have to have some sort of a concrete plan that is conducive to winning in this era of baseball. The Yankees haven't figured that out. So if we get to the end of the season and the only person who is held responsible, who is held accountable for this mess that has been created by the organization is Aaron Boone, then, man, we are hustling backwards. And I don't even know why anyone should be confident that the team is any closer to contention than they were at, at the start of this season. What's going to change? What's the seismic change that's going to happen? Because you're allowing the guy who got them into this mess to continue to make decisions. So you're going to fire the manager. He's going to be made the scapegoat. And by the way, I don't think it's necessarily wrong that he gets fired. Uh, if he gets fired, then... So be it. He was brought here to get them further than where Girardi was in 2017, a manager who had won a championship already, and he hasn't done that. So I have no qualms. I have no issues with them firing Aaron Boone. But if if you're allowing Cashman to make that decision in hiring the new manager and continuing to construct this roster— How is that advancing the cause? 
How? How is that advancing the cause? Alan Hahn said something brilliant on the K-Show today. Let's hear from him. With our eyes, this is not a typical Yankee standard team. This is something different. And the question that needs to be answered is, is this a one-off? Or is this something that has been crumbling over time that is now starting to rear its ugly head? That the approach, the over-reliance on analytics, the coddling of players, which is a real thing that they cannot deny. Is this the culmination of things we have seen over the last couple of years? Deodorant of winning has kind of covered up a lot of what we think we've been seeing over the years yes the winning has masked it and they won 100 plus games in 2018 only to be bounced around one by the red sox they they won all these games in 2021 didn't win a playoff game last year they barely got past the guardians and then got swept by the astros so the winning in the regular season has masked a lot of their deficiencies so now the chickens are coming home to roost and we are in a in a place where a lot of Yankee fans feel like this, like Alan just said, this is the culmination of all of your wrongdoings. The over-reliance on analytics. I am not opposed to analytics. I, I don't feel as passionately against it as I know a lot of the audience does. But there it has to be some type of a hybrid where you can deviate from that if you see it is not working. You can't continue to run these numbers through computers and expect the answers to come out correct if you're watching this team continuously fall short in the playoffs. It can't happen. There has to be some deviation. And I cannot listen to the manager anymore tell me how how great things are going. It's positive, positive, positive. And now we're actually starting to see it trickle into the dugout. Where Harrison Bader last week was like, yeah, if we continue to play this brand of baseball, we'll be fine. Fam, the the last 200 games that this team has played, they're about a 500 team. So what brand of baseball are you talking about? So I bring up the game I'm watching, Game 6, Yankees-Phillies on TV right now. Do you think you'd hear that type of commentary from the players in that dugout if, if they were three games above 500 on August 10th? You'd hear Robinson Cano, yeah, you know, we're good. Uh, if we continue to play this brand of baseball, we'll be fine. Where's the urgency? That has to come from the manager. If I can't blame him for resting guys, which is a, dis- a disgrace. If I can't blame him for bullpen decisions, which apparently is organizational, I, what can I blame him for? Can I blame him for the fact that his team doesn't seem to play or at least talk with a sense of urgency? That everything is just all good? It's all sweet? Can I blame him for that? That That's the type of clubhouse you want. Where everyone feels like everything is fine. It's like the, the meme where, you know, it, it, the house is burning. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's all good. That's the type of message you want to send to your team? That's the type of message you want disseminated to the fan base? Everything is fine? It's like a sickness that has permeated this organization. Hal Steinbrenner in June was on the case show. I don't know why fans are upset. Get a clue. Get a get a clue. I almost said a word I shouldn't say. That's how frustrated I am. That's how upset I am. I'm annoyed watching this process. It's boring. It, 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 it's lethargic. It, it has zero entertainment value. And... 
It's something that we don't know is going to change. I can crush Boone. I don't necessarily feel like it's wrong to fire him. But the guy who's most responsible for this abomination of a season is the general manager. And we were told he's going nowhere. So why should I expect anything to change? 800-919-3776. We're cooking here. Ty Butler going until midnight. Going to hear from you. 800-919-3776. We'll let you vent. If you are someone who disagrees with me, call up. If you think this is more of a boon problem and Cashman does have the right to keep this job and he's deserving of staying employed with this organization going forward, I want to hear from you. If you are someone who thinks it's not all doom and gloom for the Yankees, you're tired of hearing fans whine and moan and complain about it because you know they rake the playoffs every year. If that's you, call up. I want to hear from you. 800-919-3776. We're rolling until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I told Harvey we're going to have to dig into the bag of hip-hop tonight. Tomorrow's the celebration of the hip-hop 50 at Yankee Stadium, and unfortunately, I won't be in attendance. I was supposed to go with uh, two former co-workers of ESPN, uh, Kai and, and Mish, but unfortunately, duty calls. So I'll be here at the station filling in 6.30 to, to 10, uh, filling in for Dan Gross. An early start because the Yankees are... In Miami, so Kay's on the broadcast for that, of course, and then uh, Peter's got got duties going on at the concert. So I'll be here filling in tomorrow, six thirty to ten. Looking forward to that. Also, returning on Saturday, twelve to three, and then I'm ten to midnight all of next week. At some point in the next couple of weeks, I'll be doing a, a guest appearance on DPHO in Rothenburg a couple of times. So we're going we're gonna to get a lot of Ty Butler on these airwaves. A lot of Ty Butler on these airwaves. Got to hit the hip-hop heavy tonight, Harvey. Big shout-out to the entire, entire hip-hop community. Mass Appeal Nas throwing that, that concert at the stadium tomorrow, August 11th, 50 years of this beautiful genre. And I, 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 I struggle with this because you guys know how much of a diehard sports fan I am, right? I, I, I love what I do. This, this career is awesome. Sometimes I'm like, what do I love more? Is it music or sports? And it varies from day to day, which is why you'll hear me, you know, heavily involved talking music on this show. I, I, I try to point the producers in the direction of what to play. That's the one thing I miss about being in the control room. You know, come in here every night or, you know, Saturday morning, Sunday morning and be able to, to DJ and play some tunes. So I'm looking forward to seeing the, you know, the clips from tomorrow. Hip Hop 50 should be fun. Celebration in the Bronx. Snoop. Got You got Run DMC. You got Lil Wayne. Comments. Just a bunch of greats. Just, you know, it, it's just going to be a good time. Great, great time at the stadium. So I wanted to, wanted to mention that. 800-919-3776. We are talking Yankees, though. Brian Cashman, I, I've had it with him. There is no evidence this guy knows how to build a championship team. No evidence he knows how to do it anymore. 14 years ago, he's living off of, of his resume that hasn't been updated in that regard in about a decade and a half. 
This guy no longer knows how to build a championship team, but somehow he's, he remains employed. Doesn't make sense to me. Mike in New Jersey's batting leadoff. What's up, Mike? What's up, bud? How you doing? I, I'm doing all right, man. What's going on? Um, I mean, everybody everybody wants to complain about Cashman. I think he's still got it. I mean, he he did. I mean, he signed them. I mean, they got LeMayu. LeMayu was really good. And what do you expect him to do? Not give him a contract after that credible year he had, right? You're not going to give him. They made some good moves. They got Stanton. Stanton was unbelievable. And Miami comes over here and, you know, had a All couple right, so of years. Okay, playoff, Mike, so right? now, Mike, so let's do this. Talk to me now about Frankie Montas. That was a good trade? <laughs> Is it his fault that the guy's hurt? Uh, is it his fault that the guy was hurt prior to him trading for him and him being surprised that he's hurt again? Yes, that's his fault. Talk to me about yeah. the left field position. That, was it a good idea to come into this season without a left fielder? Let me hear. Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. They should have got Ben They should have did everything they can to fill that gap. Okay, now, mean, t- now talk to me about the catcher position. They, they just punted on getting offensive production from their catcher. Was that a good decision? I think so. It's the same thing that they they did they did last year with, with shortstop. I mean, you're not going to sign a shortstop. You're not going to sh- sign a, ca- a catcher to a long term deal. Why? When you got when you got one in minor leagues. Okay, but we up. keep hearing about Mike. We keep hearing and see that's the problem. That's the problem. It's like you're you're going from that handbook. We keep hearing about these untouchable assets in the minor leagues. Can't go out and get anyone because he's just a. We can't sign anyone to a long term contract because we've got a stopgap we have here because it has to facilitate this 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 youngster coming up and delivering. Youngster comes up, it's doesn't deliver. Thing it's the same too. thing though. It's the same thing over and over. We're, we're we're sold on these young prospects who never amount to much of anything. Who are they supposed to sign? Bogarts? He's, he's terrible. Uh, uh, just get me a catcher who can hit. How about that? Can I get it's a catcher a who can hit? There. Is that too much who, to who ask for? Is it too much to ask for you to get a left fielder? Is it too much to ask for you to build a team oh, well, you, that's capable of winning a, a championship? From? You said what? Where are they getting a catcher from? Where are they getting a catcher from? I don't know. Sign one. Trade for there's a catcher. A hand, it's a, a he's the general, he's the general manager, Mike. He's the general manager. I can actually hit. Oh man. Okay. Was it a what is it? Was it a good idea? Was it a good idea? Running Severino out there as much as they did this season, and depending on him, that was good. Joey Gallo was that a good trade? The Aaron Hicks extension was that a good trade? Was was that a good trade? Was that a good extension? No, of course not. That that's that that's such a problem to me. That every single year, if there's a marquee guy available, it's like no, we can't go after him. Because we've got a really good prospect brewing in our minor leagues. Not going to go after the big star, proven star. We've got a really good prospect. Really good prospect comes up, falls short of, of expectations. He's no longer tradable because his value has depreciated. And it's the same thing over and over. Who's like the last position player they actually developed? Judge? Now you hit a home run on him. But who's the last pitcher you developed? Who's the last position player not named Judge have you that that you developed? 
It's the same thing over and over. And it gets so frustrating. I cannot believe someone called in to defend Brian Cashman. But if you are out there and you feel like you have a better argument than that guy had, than Mike had, uh, feel free to, to pull up. We go to Asbury. We talk to Marty. What's up, Marty? Hi, what's up, man? Love uh, love your show. Love when you're on the air. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. What's going on? Um, So, Cashman, I think Cashman found himself involved in, like, a baseball Ponzi scheme right now. And, and you know, think of him as, like, a general contractor or, or like, some kind of housing developer. And what he did was uh, he invested his portfolio into what we call troubled assets. You have... Um, you have Stanton at about $32 million. You have um, Servino at $15 million. LeMahieu at $15 million. You have Rodon at $23 million. Donaldson at $21 million. Rizzo at 17. You got your boy uh, Montas at seven and a half. You have about 105 to $115 million worth of bad contracts on this team. And in the past, Cashman was able to get flexible and, you know, let, you know, pay off a contract or send some money for a contract, get in a player, and kind of ease the pain there. Um, this Ponzi scheme that he created it is now folding right before everybody's eyes, and it's going to take five to seven years to really flush out these bad contracts in order to bring in these new contracts um, to see anything that you want to see on the field. And that's, he, he just and that's he buried sc- himself. That's scary, Marty, because you look at and and I'll, I'll let you respond to this. You look at. LeMahieu, particularly LeMahieu and Rizzo. Like, those are guys who, you know, this year were terrible. Now, is it that... right there. Yeah, is it that they're washed, or was it just a a down year? Because if the answer is the former, you're right. It's going to take magic to get out of this. You're going to... Well, whether they're washed or they had a down year, it's going to be the Yankees' problem to figure that out next year because nobody's taking them. No, I so get it. Really, but if they just had a down – but I'm saying if they just had a down year, then obviously you, you expect the progression to the mean, especially with Rizzo. Like, Rizzo you can look at and say maybe the neck injury because prior to the to – the, to the, to the run-in with Tatis Jr., he was, he was really good. He just fell off after that. But if it is that they're just washed and you've got one more year of him, you've got a couple years left of LeMahieu, you've got four years left of Stanton, then this is a, a mess that I don't trust he can get out of, and I appreciate the call, Marty. That's the thing. You look up and down this lineup and, and the holes that they have, it is going to require a ton of work to Houdini yourself out of this mess if you really, really, really want us to take you seriously as a contender. And do we trust that you're able to do that? The last 14 years of evidence tells us we should not. 800-919-3776. I still see your calls. We'll get to them when we get back right here on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. See, that's the heat I'm talking about. Ty Butler going up till midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. I love the caller. Who says he Cashman still has it? You do realize that last year in the playoffs, the Yankees went three and six. They won one playoff series. And in this season, 
instead of recognizing that they were like there was a clear and distinct disparity between them and the actual contenders instead of recognizing that they came into the year and they were hoping and praying that the offensive jolt that they needed to propel them came in the form of Anthony Volpe like that was going to be what changed the entire dynamic a 22 year old rookie that was going to be your offense right there. And, oh, Harrison Bader hit five home runs in the playoffs last year, so that's going to carry us. When you construct this team going forward, you look at the roster. Who's your catcher? Because you can't continue to just accept zero offensive production. 29th in bad and average, 28th in OPS. That's what the Yankees are getting from their catcher this year. It's not sustainable, especially for an offense that has, that has struggled particularly once it got to the postseason against elite pitching. Now, I mentioned this to the last caller with Rizzo. Is it it that he's cooked, or was it the post-concussion syndrome? Because this year, he's going to end up with 12 home runs. That'll be the if you don't include the COVID season. It'll be his lowest output since his rookie year. Now, I have a little bit more confidence in him because sometimes it's weird. You learn uh, you, you learn someone is injured and it makes you feel better because at least there's an explanation that isn't that they're washed. So looking at the splits, what he was before the collision with Tatis Jr. versus what he became after makes you feel better about what he currently is or will be as a player going forward. But that's, that's a question mark. Second baseman Torres is an interesting one because he was clearly your most consistent offensive player this year. But how are the Yankees going to pay him? He has one more year of arbitration, and then he can become an unrestricted free agent. So is that something they're going to do? Especially when you look at, you know, he, he defensively is not great. And sometimes it just doesn't, he gives you a little bit of the Gary Sanchez feel where he's not always emotionally into it. He doesn't always play with that that urgency. Volpe's locked in at shortstop, so he's he he's there. Third base. What are you doing at, at third base? The Josh Donaldson experience is finally over, but you need to address that situation. Right field, you're all set with Judge. By the way, Judge has played what sixty games this year for the Yankees. Guess who's the the leader in home runs for this team this year? That would be Aaron Judge. And he's missed all that time. Still leads the team in home runs. Center field, are you giving, uh, are you giving an, an injury-prone Bader an extension? And then there's the left field question that you've now have, had for like three years that you simply haven't addressed. So there's a lot to be done with this roster. And, and how is this going to trust Cashman to complete the operation? I don't know, man. Mike in Manhattan wants to weigh in. What's up, Mike? Hey, Ty. Love the show. What's going on? Thank you, man. Appreciate the call. What's going on? Uh, I want to go back to the last two calls. First off, the fact that Cashman has it is is just laughable. It's not even close to true. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, the evidence is clear as day. But also the, the injuries the last caller brought up, I'm just worried that that injury to Rizzo really might damage him for the rest of his career 
I mean, something similar happened to Clint Frazier, and he's yeah. never been the same ever since. Remember Ryan Church with the Mets dealt with something similar yeah. as well. So it's it's scary. I mean, it's scary. It, it is. And I, I think LeMayu's cooked. I, I don't know. I mean, that's on the table, Mike. You remember it last year in the first half of the season, he was really good. Then he suffered that toe injury. wasn't the same. So we're not. We now have to go back to the first half of last season to find the last time Lemayhew was uh, consistently good. So that's on the table. Yeah. Yeah, and you know you got put in a horrible situation when the year, the free agent year, because he had such a great year. You were put in such a tough position yeah. whether to sign, and you had to. Yeah, and I don't blame. Into this. I don't blame Cashman for that extension. It was one that he had to do. Lemayhew had. Finished top five in MVP voting twice in that first contract with the Yankees. He was their best hitter, right. at least average, average wise. So you you had to you had to. I don't blame Cashman for that one. Exactly, man. It's 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 just a, a travesty right now. Yeah, it sucks, Mike. And I appreciate the call. It, it, it's really, I I think the 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 part that is most agitating is you get to the end of this marathon of a season where you clearly, clearly was outmatched. And you look ahead to the future and a division that's only going to continue to get better. Like the Rays have just shown themselves to be at worst right there as an organization with you, and at best they're better. The Orioles are now on the map. I mean, they embarrassed themselves. How about them just fumbling success? with what they did to their announcer, Kevin Brown. What a low life of an owner. Despicable. But anyway, the Orioles are on the map. You've got the Blue Jays. They they always have the talent. It just never seems to translate into actual success when it matters late in the season and into the playoffs. The Red Sox are just there, and right now they're better than you. You can't beat them this year. And then you're, you're the Yankees in last place. So this is arguably the toughest division in baseball, and now you're faced with all these question marks. So we just have to expect Cashman to turn this thing around? I don't see it. Lonnie's in Harlem. What's up, Lonnie? Hi, Sensei, what's going on? Joe Leo, birthday boy, what's going on? Sippy Cup Harvey, what's going on? Now, Ty, listen. Oh, of course, shout out to the company. What's up, family? Now, Ty, listen, when you start these shows off like this, my goodness, it's like, you literally roundhouse kicked your way into the dojo. Shout so, out of a cannon. Man, man, bro, I love the energy, especially when you talk this, obviously, Cashman and Yankee talk, but man, bro, like I had to call Joker because I was like, yo, I was like, yo, I had to like go get the, 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 the fire extinguisher to put my radio out because it was burning, bro. <laughs> well, I love it, bro. I love it. Like I said, man, the dojo, we need more dojo time. But I really called that, obviously, to talk about the Yankees. And as you were saying, bro, it's like that interview was very telling. I keep telling people, other Yankee fans, Cashman ain't going nowhere, unfortunately. You know why? Because they did some type of blood oath him and how <laughs> where they cut their knees or something and they rubbed them together. Because now he's in the family. If he fires this man, do you not understand how disturbing and awkward those family functions will be that he has to sit there and look across the table at the brother that he fired? Once again. There's a certain thing as too much loyalty. 
it's it's you it's, know what? It's and there's Jeter too much loyalty it. here. Jeter said it in the doc. Too much loyalty one way is stupidity. Yes, sir. Kyle is showing a lot of stupidity. Now, another thing, another reason why that interview was very telling. The man said Hank was the guy that was supposed to be the one in charge to take over, but obviously, yeah. you know, he passed away and all of that. Um, and then Hal stepped in, but he was reluctant to do it, right? That's mm-hmm. what he said. Mm-hmm. So now Hal hands over the keys to Brian, the other brother who's alive. Once again, Cashman ain't going nowhere, it's unfortunately. Not happening. It's not happening. Me, me personally, Kyle, like I said, I talked to you on IG and told you, I personally feel sorry for Boone, and it's only for certain instances. And it's things like this that he's going to be pretty much the scapegoat now. Yes, there's instances where he could have done other – he could have did things as a manager maybe a little bit better. But once again, as I was telling you, how far are those strings up this man's back? Because he might not be able to technically do anything. Hey, they hey. are pulling the strings. Yeah, but so here's the reason why. Ben, here's the reason why. Okay. And here's the reason why I can't feel bad for Boone. There is a certain thing. At, at, there's a such thing as your voice becomes stale in a clubhouse. Right. And we'll hear like, oh, the players love him. Yada. Fine. I cannot listen to. Guys who are in the midst of the worst regular season in his tenure. 18 strikeouts. T- yeah, yeah, 18 so strikeouts. You tell me how good the at-bats were. You're, you're four uh, and a half games out of a playoff spot, and you're like, you know, everything's fine. We're good. I need some urgency. I, I need the players to operate and, and behave and move like the clock is ticking. Like the, the playoffs right. have already begun. You shouldn't be talking right. like that. Like these aren't champions. Right. Like, this is not a clubhouse with, with Hall of Famers and, 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 and champions like we saw with Rivera and Jeter where they understood the moment and what was required of them. They're still learning. They haven't won anything. So to hear them talking like that is a direct reflection of the manager, and I'm not opposed to to, to having a different voice in that clubhouse. And, and I'm not going to say and say that you're, you're wrong about that because I honestly believe the same thing. It's, it's the, the – it's, the reason why fans are tired of Boone, I think, is it's the presses. It's the constant voice. It's the same thing that he's saying. Nobody wants to hear that. You telling me the fact that they just struck out, what, almost 30 times in two games? You proud of that? Yeah, it's like, embarrassing. No, it's, honestly, nobody wants to hear that. And as you said, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so much so that you got Harrison Bader coming out and basically saying the same thing. And honestly... I'm pretty sure that's when a lot of Yankee fans was done. They was lost because they was like, okay, not only is our manager saying it, now he's almost brainwashing the players exactly. to say the same thing. And that's the problem. And if they don't feel, and if they don't feel a sense of urgency because our manager doesn't feel it and our owner and then our general manager doesn't feel it, so why should they? So exactly. I, I, totally under, I totally understand where you're coming from with that, Ty. And listen, man, just keep up running a great program. And, man, listen, don't make me have to run, go get my fire thing with you like that again. <laughs> Appreciate Please. you, Lonnie. Appreciate you. 800-919-3776. It, it's trickling down from the owner when he was on the K-Show back in June. He just had no idea why fans were frustrated and growing impatient. That, that to me, was alarming. The general manager at the trade deadline made no moves. None whatsoever. 
The manager is telling you that, you know, in the midst of striking out 67% of the time, they had great at-bats, and they'll be fine. No urgency. And now it's trickled down to the players walking around like, you know, everything is all sweet. Something's got to change here. I'm not opposed to the manager being fired. I'm just saying you need more than that. The general manager has not shown in the last 14 years he can build a team that's capable of winning a championship. All I hear every year is excuses, injuries this, injuries that. I saw the Braves experience significant injuries win the World Series. The Astros right now, the team that everyone fears to come out of the American League or is predicting to come out of the American League, had major injuries to their two best players, and they're atop their division. Don't give me injuries. Don't give me excuses. Don't give me crapshoot. Give me winning. And so far, the last 14 years, Cashman hasn't been able to do that. Back to your phone calls when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. We got the good old days on the Yes Network right now reminding us of when Cashman was able to put together a championship team. Yankees, Cano to Teixeira, final out of the Game 6 World Series back in 2009. Such a long time ago. I was... 2009? I was 16? Yo, there's a generation of Yankee fans right now who actually don't remember vividly the last time they won a World Series, which is crazy to happen to this. Or like you hear that a lot with uh, other organizations, right? Like Met fans, like who remembers '86? That was such a long time ago. But for this to be happening to Yankee fans, not remembering vividly the last time they won a championship, even appeared in a World Series. That should be alarming. But as I said to the producers during the break, as soon as I heard how I pull up on the K-Show and was confused as to why fans were, were upset in June, I knew we were, as fans, in a world of trouble. I'm thinking, man, we this this is a bad place to be in. Bad place to be in. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your phone calls. Joe Leo celebrating a birthday today. So I heard Gordon and Larry kind of making fun of you but I guess because of the lack of chin hair, uh, chin hairs, and you know you got the scrawny chest and everything. So, how old are you turning today? Is it actually sixteen or twenty as they as they guessed, or are they way off? A little bit higher than that. Uh, twenty six. I'm oh, officially so you, off healthcare. So you just today. went through puberty. Yes, basically. Just lost your virginity and virginity and all that. That that just happened not too long ago, right? You could say that. Oh. What's your definition of not too long ago? You could say that. Well, I mean, like maybe last month or so. I know you went on vacation with the lady. You had buns thrown in your face. We were talking about that on July 4th. So that that's not too long ago. But, I mean, it must suck. You, you, you're you here till midnight on your birthday? You couldn't get out of this, this, this shift? You couldn't switch off with somebody? Listen, because of, you know, some things that happened, and I said this on Gordon and Larry's show, I, I you know, I wish Julian the best... Um, with what happened last night, and you know, hopefully he gets all well and good, and the, the much needed rest that he that oh, he needs I don't, right I, now. I don't know what I didn't know what happened. Is something happened to Julian? He got into a, a car. I, and oh, I, he got into a car accident last night. Oh man, I didn't know that. I gotta and reach out to so him. So he's doing well from you know what he told me. He's getting the rest that he needs, and uh, you know, 
Get well, and uh, we can't wait to have you back. I, I don't know. Should we be airing this? Like, is that public knowledge? Would he want people to know about this? Or, like, should we just have had that conversation off the air? I can dump that. Mm-hmm. Nah, we're good. We're good. We're good. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Julian, man. Ho- hope everything's good. But for you, Joe, I would expect that as soon as you get, you know, back to the crib, there there's, might be something waiting for you. Is, is that on the table or are you going home to a lonely bed and you just got to handle the birthday by yourself, all by your lonesome? <laughs> couple of things uh i might be in the doghouse until halloween for just discussing this but uh Uh uh-oh i'll I'll just say i'm not you you're not me (laughs) how do we how how do we interpret that uh you're not you're not a you're not having kids not tonight that will that will not be ah so so we we might have a rag situation Again, I might be in the doghouse till uh, till Halloween or maybe in, maybe even uh, Thanksgiving. Because what am I missing? Mean? What am I missing? What am I missing, Harvey? He might be in a doghouse. What does that mean? Can, he's he's speaking in riddles. It, it's eleven o'clock at night. That the brain is like starting to shut down. What is he talking about? He definitely angered the lady. Oh, he he got her mad, and she's gonna be mad until Halloween. This is the worst time too. On like on your birthday weekend, well, she gets mad at you for two months. She's gonna be upset with you. Two months? That that's how long it's gonna take for her to get over what it, whatever it is that you guys argued about. Yo, can I keep it a stack for for, for real? Uh-oh. You know what might be happening? She breaking up with you just so she could get with somebody oh, else no. for the next two months, <laughs> and she gonna wait, but you know, until the holiday season to get back in a relationship with you just so she can start getting those gifts. That's what's happening, Joe. Sorry to break it to you, bro, but happy birthday. That's one way to turn it back around. <laughs> Happy birthday, Andrew Nine One Nine, three seven seven six. Let's go to Let's go to Buddha in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? What's going on, my boy? Yeah, I'm chilling, man. What's going on? Hey, listen. You know, I I called you to talk about sports in general and your sports fandom because I, I heard you with your Yankees leading, and you're starting to sound like me. And I don't want you to go that route. Sound but, like um, you how? The 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 the, the frustration, oh. the anger, the the the, uh, the disbelief, the uh, I, I, I you know I want to put my hands on somebody in the Yankees organization type of thing. <laughs> but listen, you know when you talk about um, hip hop, and, and and you know for guys like me, you know hip hop is it's been my life, man. Yes, you know sir. what I mean? And I and I love it so much, man. And and I can't believe to where it's come from. You know. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Beach Street. Yes, I did. That was my teenage years, early teenage years in a nutshell. I mean, listen, we used to bomb the trains, at the, the 6th train at, at uh, Westchester Square Station. We used to break dance for quarters and nickels over there on, on, on the Central Avenue. Um, not Central Avenue, the Central Park Station. I mean, for me to see hip-hop to be where it's been, I mean, my father, i never forget. He was like, listen, I'm telling you something. That boogity boogity music you listen to is just a fad. <laughs> you know, rest in peace to, to Pop Deuce. This is a fifty-year fad that is on every TV commercial. Yeah, it's crazy on and Buddha. every single. And, and there's no way none of us thought this was gonna ever be like this. Buddha, I mean, it's 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 so crazy because like it's something you experienced. That you, I'm I'm younger than you, but you remember, this music wasn't at at, at a point where it's even allowed to be played on radio. 
Like this they is- weren't they weren't playing hip hop on radio. So to see what it has become, not just sonically but culturally, and the impact it's had, you know, in music obviously, but in entertainment when it comes to sports, you know, athletes coming out to songs and warming up. And, and, and movies and film, like the 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 impact has had, the crossover, the large reach, globally, it, it's just amazing to see what has become uh, uh, of this genre, man. It's it, it's really really dope. Listen, I remember when it was divided by stations. Yeah. If you was down with the Juice Crew, you was with Molly Mall, you was on one hundred seven point five. Mm-hmm. Now, Boogie Down Productions came out and. My favorite MC of all times, Kara's one. He absolutely slayed MC Shan. But, uh, you know, he was on 98.7. dee 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 Oh, you sucker MCs, won't you come out to play? I mean, it was it was so fresh and brand new. And like I said, I remember the jams, 131 Park, PS100 Park, Soundview Park. I remember, like, leaving the slam lock off on my on my, my apartment door and coming in at 4 o'clock in the morning after the jam and my mom looking at me like... Looking at you sideways. You piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you know looking you at you sideways. Yeah, it's crazy. Yo, Buddha, it's like, you know, another thing too, and I, I'm going to have to run in a bit. Uh, I appreciate the call, Buddha. You know it's all love. I'm just up against the clock. With, with sports, when, when big moments happen, right? Like if you're a Giants fan, the David Tyree catch... Or, you know, the Yankees, like we were just watching game six uh, of the World Series. Cano going to Teixeira. When you are a sports fan, moments happen. You remember where you were, who you were with, how it made you feel. It's the same with music. And the first thing I think of, uh, of and it's more recent, but when Watch the Throne with, with, with Hove and Kanye dropped, I remember where I was, chilling on the block. You know, chilling with my friends and, and how it made me feel. So it, it's such a huge part of who I am as a person. It's a sports station, but it's, you know, the cultural crossover is so impactful that it bears talking about. So, you know, Hip Hop 50, you've been hearing about it a lot on the station. I know Rosenberg's been doing this thing, promoting it. Just wanted to, to acknowledge that on the program today. It's a huge part of what I am, who, I, who I've become in this business. And I have aspirations of, of doing more than just sports. I, I don't want to be known as someone who is, is just you know, a sports talk show host. This, this brand is going to continue to grow and blossom into many things, and hip-hop is a part of that. 800-919-3776. We are badly against the clock, so we'll correct that. Talk some football. I see a lot of Yankee calls. We'll continue to talk baseball as well. Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 9870 ESPN. Do you really want soggy buns going to your face? Like, you, don't, you don't like buns on your face? I mean, 